All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to part two of our talk with Boys to Men. I got to say, we were having so much fun. I didn't even know it was going to be this much fun. Normally, we could wrap up a Questlove Supreme episode and just, you know, like shy of it north of an hour uh and i don't know the time just kept going on and next thing you know it was two episodes worth so i haven't had this extensive of a talk with them since our days in high school so it's really good to catch up with the guys i hope you're enjoying it without further ado part two of our conversation quest love supreme and boys to men of the projects you worked on what's your favorite what is your favorite one what do you feel that from an artistic achievement, what do you feel like? This is this is my legacy. I, well, I I won't, I won't say project per se, but I would say one of my biggest uh, enjoyments at this stage and age in my career and where we are is when we do our orchestra concerts. Um, we do a concert with just us, us three vocally. And, you know, whatever orchestra we're around, whether it's the New York Symphonic Orchestra or whether we're in L.A. at the Hollywood Bowl. And we do all of our records. And it's all stripped down to just strings and brass and drums, nothing electronic at all. And it's just... I really want to see that. It's an atmosphere atmosphere that um, because you've been involved in the business the way we have so long, you go on tour, you got the samples in the backgrounds and you sing over here and the drums and the guitars, electric, everything. When they strip all that out, it takes you back to the high school performing arts. It's, it's almost like everybody, it's, the door just opens. It's a brand new, you know, fresh air to where the vocals have room to breathe. Like you live in a whole different space. You're not fighting against the, the, the electronic keyboard or somebody's bass being too loud. You know, you just get to flow over the strings and the, and the harps and the whole nine. And for me, whenever we do all the stuff that we do with everything jumping around or whatever, whenever they say it's an orchestra concert, it's just a sigh of relax and relief to where it's like, thank you, Jesus. Now let's just go <laughs> and sing our songs. And that's yeah. just the best. I'm going to tell you one thing, Amir, the, the, the thing that I've, I've, 
our goal, or rather, the thing I'm most proud of is something we haven't done yet. And and I hope that we do it because we've had this conversation before, and that's to do an acoustic show. Like, you know, the, the, guy, the guy and I, you know, we've all learned how to play guitars and, you know what I'm saying? You know, that's right. I totally forgot. Yes. So, so, you know, we talked about this as far as like actually doing like, you know, a set or unplugged type of show. Where How long have you guys been doing that format? Uh, for our listeners that don't know. Yeah, the last time I seen you guys perform, it was you three with your guitars, which I didn't know. Not me. But, I didn't have no guitar. Didn't know no, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but we didn't know either. Yeah, Nate, Nate plays bass and I play guitar. And and uh, we started playing around, uh, uh, what is it? I was 43, so that was five years ago. So that was in 2014, 2015, something like that. And uh, we just started to play. We just felt like it was an idea. It was around the time we did this album called Collide. Yeah, and exactly. One of the guys was like that was working with us was like, "Yo, you guys should learn how to play guitars." And he was like, oh, "I guess we should." So you know, me. you know, Nate and I yeah. went to to Tower in Vegas, and I picked up a you know a, a, a modern size Strat, and he picked up a bass, and I've been playing ever since, and Nate's been playing ever since, and it's broadened the show to the point now where we've added guitar parts to the show, and and you know acoustic and electric. And um, this is something that has opened all of our eyes to the possibilities of us taking our music to even another stage and, you know, potentially just doing an all unplugged type of thing. Because we did it. Like, just like you said, the last time you saw us, we were doing Come Together. You know what I'm saying? Like, you right. know, and, and, and Water Runs Dry and I'll Make Love To All Acoustic. That shit was and incredible. That sounds I great. loved it. Thank you. I love you. Got to see the orchestra show. You got to do that too, though. Yes, I throw it out there. <laughs> I was about to say, when y'all get there? Of course, they're, we're <laughs> <doing> <laughs> that. Yeah, we can tell you COVID to go to our home. <laughs> really, right? Yeah. I wanted to. COVID's uh, not the, invited. Man, yeah. I wanted to uh, jump back on y'all on um, uh, your production for a little while. Uh, you were speaking, Nate. You were saying earlier just about how you know the records that you guys did. And versus the records that, you know, that, you know, the I'll Make Love to Use and the End of the Roads. Um, I always thought just as a fan of you guys, whenever people would make the the argument of like, you know, the Boys and Men versus Jodeci argument, like, well, Jodeci was more this, and, but Boys and Men was kind of clean cut. I will always go to y'all production and I would say like, nah, this is what they really on. So like, Nate, you did a record, the Johnny Gill record, I Got You, and the Think of You case and... When y'all did the uh, the 112, now that we're done, like the off the stuff, mm. like that to me, I was like, nah, this is what these niggas is really on. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, well, you, you know, know, we were, we were yeah, always wanted to get yeah, know how y'all this, felt about was this. Was the Joe to see Boys to Men thing like, was that a thing? Were y'all the Black Beatles versus? It, it was it was real, but not created by us. It was real because we were all Absolutely. really good friends. We, we freaking love like Joe to see is just like, I mean, it, it's yin and yang. There would be no jealousy without boys to men and vice versa. Vice and um, we, every time we would see him on the road, we try to catch up with him. Hey, I mean, we love those dudes. I mean, the audiences made it more of the, the, the competition Beatles, and it was, it was more friendly for us. But I mean, they're, they're different identities. I mean, you know, jealousy, you know, they have the two singers and they had the producer and, you know, we had the four singers and the three producers. I mean, we kind of did a little bit of everything. So everybody had their own little genre, but, Producing and writing was something, again, that we really enjoyed because we're the type of guys that, you know, 
being being emotional, we like to sing what we write. You know what I'm saying? And and when we got a chance to get with Face and, and Jimmy and Terry and all, I'm like all the lessons we could possibly learn from those guys. We we tried to roll over into the stuff that we did. But for as far as like I said, we we wrote my my the first song I ever wrote in my life was Please Don't Go. I think I was 14, 15 years old. Who were you talking? So, so we, well, that's that's years of getting stomped on, like you know, like we talked about in the high oh, school. Right. Nobody, <laughs> you know, nobody really checks for us. But my point being, we all come from that. All four of us came from writing words down and creating songs and singing them. That's how our our whole career jumped off. So, as it went in, you know, those songs you talk about. Now that we're done, all those other songs, there, that was the stuff that we just naturally did because that was that's part of who we were. It just may not have always gotten on the boys to men albums because. I love too many those songs, man. Yeah, yeah. I love those. And uh, Sean, like, even, like, your Sean, your soundtrack stuff. And I told you this before in presentation, like, The Visions of a Sunset and, like, the record you did. Oh, that was a monster. The, um, monster. Man, I oh, love that record. Yeah, Monster. Yeah, yeah Ooh, and, Oh, wow. The joint you had on Down in the Delta. Real quick, I want to cut you off, but oh, no, the go first ahead. time I heard that song, when, when I heard, because I know he played keys on it. When I first heard that dude, I I, I had a tear in my eye. That's my that's my <laughs> brother. I had a tear when I heard boom, boom, boom. I was like, oh my god! I just wanted to crawl up in fetal position, like oh, I love him. I dude. tried to unplug his keyboard a couple of times because my love that was song. Next to him. I, tried... <laughs> love, I love, like... love, love that song, man. <laughs> Yo, before song. I forget, oh, before I forget, dude. What happened to Uncle Sam? Uncle Sam, yo, <laughs> I was about to where, say, where, say, where say. he at? <laughs> uh oh, he out there getting some of that Jesus money. But anyway, yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he actually is getting Jesus money. But okay, um, we we had him sign to Stone Creek, our record label back in Philly, and we all, uh, you know, we all fell in love with him the first day we heard him, and um, felt it was something we could work with. We uh, went in and produced the record. Um, and uh, I think the album the album sold a million records, and the you know, the single sold a million records, and the album was half sold half a million records. And then we went back in to renegotiate with Epic to do another record, and unfortunately, he wasn't really happy with his terms. Now, I will tell you one thing that we learned in our business for us: we don't treat people the way we were treated. A lot of mm-hmm. artists and producers be like, "Well, you know, I went through it, and you got to go through." It. We That's were never those like, guys. Right? We we made sure that the deals you got, you were happy with them. If you didn't like those deals, we could tear those deals up and you could walk. But, you know, Sam, for some reason at that time, had a whole different agenda of what he really wanted to do. And we didn't really want, you know, stifle him from that. So we said, okay, well, that's what you want to do? Cool. So when we walked from him, the label said, well, well, if y'all ain't with him, we ain't with him. So that's we what happened. either. <laughs> yep. Got yep. Can I ask y'all, it's funny, y'all mentioned the, the Jodeci thing. I was kind of always curious how y'all felt since they were kind of allowed to be the the bad boys. But y'all, especially at the end of the road, it was like a whole persona of preppiness and whatever. But knowing who y'all really are, South Philly, I, North Philly. You know, I, personally, like, I personally took, took yeah, I have I, Yeah, I was going to say, what was that like? And how was it like wearing those masks at times when you really had to wear the mask, I feel like? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah wait, was, was Alex Vanderpool a real person? Yeah, he, he was, was an actor. Yeah, he was a character. He was a character. All my children that to watch a TV, watch it all the time. I mean, that's how he came up with the look because he used to dress that way. 
But uh, okay. he ain't living right. seventeen with Christian. So yeah, right. I used to have I used to have a problem having to do that because that wasn't me. wasn't even close to to me. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. to watch them get out there and, and have a chance to just be regular old niggas, I had a problem with that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just want I just wanted to be me, and I couldn't because I had to protect the entity of my guys, and it is what it is. I was I mean, the only one from the suburbs, so you know, you know, I had to. Uh, you know, I was no, that's I mean, with, with, with the suburbs. Per, with with me per se, <laughs> I feel like you know, I guess at a young age I was looking at it as me, the music called for the entertainment value. You know what I'm saying? I mean, their music was gritty. Their music was, you know, what I'm saying. So you have him, my baby. That's right. It was, you know, it was that, and and we weren't there, so we couldn't personify that type of, you know, uh, uh, we couldn't be that character, you know what I'm saying? Um, And the funny thing is, is what people don't understand is what made us non-offensive is no matter what we were singing, we were no character, you understand? We were characters of our own personification singing love songs, which made it so non-offensive. People couldn't pinpoint us. They didn't know we was black or white, you know what I'm saying, until they actually saw us. You got to understand, the two album was bigger than Cooley High Harmony. Mm-hmm. Mm. We weren't on Cooley High Harmony. We weren't on the two albums. On the cover, yeah. We're on we the weren't cover, on yes. the cover. Was that oh, by just design? Two. That was by design. Yeah, by design. that was another fight. That really? was it. Yeah, we we they we wanted us to be on the cover, and we, we didn't want to be on the cover. They fought we, us to be on the cover. Y'all pulled the Isley Brothers yeah. 60s move. Wait, why yeah. Why? Why did you do that? We why had a... Uh, we, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Sean. You got it. No, I mean, basically, we wanted it to be about the music. And we understood that, you know, being... The I brand. Mean, quite frankly, you know, our faces on the cover, we felt at this point was kind of corny. So we were like, we wanted to make, you know, the, the, brand. the album itself be the, the concept. So yeah. and one came up with a damn good logo too. Yeah, like like I came hey, up with the, album, with the title. That was your logo? Okay. Yeah, I yeah, drew I, that. I drew it. Pencil drew it. Yeah, Wanye drew it, right? And 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 he put it all together. Wanye actually drew this. So we had some guy. What's the Asian guy that we uh had create? Johnny Lee. Johnny Lee Johnny Johnny created like this metal thing. This was before you know all the technology we have now. It looks mm-hmm. just like the drawing. Metal, mold of the two thing, set it up in lighting. Oh, that was, that's an actual picture that mm. that two album cover. They so okay. created yeah. a different angle and made it look the way that it looked. And the label, we were we were at a, somebody's beach house, you know, meeting with all the heads of Motown, because this is, you know, we were the big group at that time. So everybody was talking, you know, wanted to hear our ideas and they fought us, right? No, your face has got to be on the record. Your face got to be on the record. When they finally saw it and we put it out, we saw a paper newspaper article when the album came out and it reached a certain level. And the label was like, yeah, when we came up with the idea, we didn't yeah. want to put their faces on the album. We, was yeah. this Harrell era or Busby era? No, nah, this was before this was before Harrell. But what's funny was that this was during the long CD box where it stuck down yeah. in the, into the into uh-huh. the bin and the picture was up top. So that's why they were fighting because they wanted the faces to be up top. But when Juan came up with the idea, I, I, I literally remember him saying, "It's got to look, it's got to look like the Batman symbol. Batman. It's got to look like something that's got that." And we fell in love with that idea of it, and we tried to take that idea to the label. But again, they were stuck on, "Oh, we got to put your faces on it." And I don't think 
that they realized even after eight or nine million records, how strong the name of the group was. Wow, man. Wanye, I want to ask you real quick. Uh, Broken hearted, man. Uh, uh, <laughs> about uh, that session. Oh, we got yes, please. <laughs> go, go in. Shit, go, in. go in. <laughs> you know, during the time of, of Broken Hearted, um, Brandy was just coming out. She just had I Want to Be Down. And I really thought that she she was like a great singer. I knew that she had something that I hadn't mm-hmm. heard in a long time, you know, vocally. And, um, you know, um, I contacted her mom and we were all talking. I said, yo, this girl, she was crazy. I would love to, you know, you know, do some music with her or whatnot. Um, this is before anything ever transpired uh, uh, relationship wise. And gotcha. um, her mom agreed, you know, and, you know, we all met up. I met, I went, actually went to Carson, uh, which is in California. Like it was like the hood. Oh, yeah. you know what I mean? And I hung out like literally all day, her, her boyfriend and Ray J when he was little, you know, the mom and dad, <laughs> you know, I had my security with me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I went down and we hung out and we just ran, sang riffs and stuff all of, you know, just copying each other's riffs. I was pretty, pretty young, but not <sighs> that young. Um, and, um, as time progressed, she became like my little, you know, my little sidekick, you know, like we would actually just literally hang out. And as time progressed, you know, hanging out so much, you begin to catch feelings, you know what I'm saying? And it was really innocent feelings, really innocent feelings. And, um, you know, transpired as she started getting older, you know, she started coming into Anyway, she started um she she started coming into her womanhood and I was getting old and makes so hard. Yo, man. Nate is always my favorite. No, but um, you know, people we get older, we start closer, and that's what happened. Um, and during that time, we did used to be in the studio all the time. You know, I actually was the one that got her on the boys to mentor. Um okay. Um, I'm the one that uh, actually introduced uh, uh, her to uh, the Moesha people. My manager, wow. my manager was uh, Quadri, was actually, you know, trying to find a, something for boys to men to do. And I said, look, you know, we got Brandy down the hallway and she used to be on Thea. You know what I'm saying? So they they met uh, up with her mom. You know what I mean? I'm the one that hooked um, her to go, hooked her up to go on prom with, uh, with Kobe. With Kobe? Kobe. Kobe. Oh, yeah. wow. I'm the one that damn. Did, like, literally. <laughs> I did. I so you're the reason my girlfriend Jocelyn got stood up for the prom. The crazy thing is, is, is yeah. I, wrote, I wrote. Me and my mom wrote the Moesha soundtrack, the Moesha song. Me and my mom. Oh, wrote wow. Exactly. What? what so it's like it was really. Is a, that publishing right, Wanya? It. They, no, they, they played him on yeah, a whole lot of stuff. Because you know that was my girlfriend at the time. They act like I had nothing oh, to do with it. Like, I wasn't mad. You know that shit on Netflix, man. I know, right? <laughs> but um, yeah. but you know, Broken Hearted was one of the songs that came out of of that. Um, the song Broken Hearted was already on her album, mm-hmm. and um, I was like, yo, we should do a duet. We should turn that joint and flip it around and just make it a duet. And her mom agreed. Everybody agreed. They produced the record, and boom, we did Broken Hearted. And we didn't even think it was going to be big, but we just knew it was a good song. You know? Nah, it was a great song, man. Yeah, so you know, it was it, it it was a time in our lives when we were really young. You know what I mean? Of course, people get in relationships and they get out of relationships. Everybody acts like it's so 
harsh of a situation. The people break up all the time, you know, especially as young as we are. You know what I'm and saying? we was asking right. you about the music, Wanya. You ain't thank you yeah, for that. Was, you ain't even. I appreciate you going in. Yeah. Like, I didn't I even know about the session. I was like, okay. <laughs> right. I mean, look, look, this is my man. This my man show, right? Yeah. I feel like he right. needs you. You laced us with it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I just had one uh my one of my deep cut questions on um uh the the evolution album. There was a record, it was deep in the record, and I loved it. It was never single, nothing, uh to the limit. <laughs> and, man, I love that record. What was the, the if you remember I even like what was the Yes, yes. Yeah, what was the story behind that one, man? Monty, there's so many songs that I personally enjoy we've done that were never single and they could have been just as viable as anything else but again it's, it's amazing when people's attention spans turn somewhere else mm. it doesn't matter how good your record is it doesn't matter how good you are if people are done with you they're done with you but to mm. the limit is was one of those records it's funny because i started right i started writing that record in jersey presented most of it to the guys and they wrote the best you know what i'm saying and 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 it was just a vibe. The, the the track was made by Puffy's producers and we wanted to, to do something that was sensual and 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 accommodated to, to, to women. We understood that, you know, the ladies were our predominant, you know, demographic. So we wanted to create a a a, a scenario where we were kind of their everything. You know what I'm saying? Like and and having that massage day with your guy, which was us. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and that pretty much was it. That was, that was a spa day for our, for our significant others. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and doing everything that, that every woman would, would dream of their man doing for them. And that's pretty much it, man. You know, nah, we, that was a, that was a great that. song, man. I, I, love, I love that song. That was, I love that record. I think you're asking about Yeah, me too. too. <laughs> Oh, Nate done oh, pulled out some wine. This about oh, to get yeah, real, man. No, no it's the Harmony one. Is this the Harmony one right here? Let us see the bottle, because we, yeah. I, I delivered and get here uh, yet. Oh, yeah, y'all going to keep me here. I'm going to get me, drunk. Let me so see that. Let's go. Ahead, do what y'all hey, got already there. there. So what y'all doing? Zippendale? Yeah. What is that you got there, Nate? Is that a rosé? Is, is that Harmony wine? We got a little bit of everything. Look behind Wanda's left shoulder. There's a Grammy and some wine. Whatever you need. You need a Grammy. rosé. We got red. We got Oyster Bay. got Grammys and wine. Yeah, just yeah. It's, called, it's just called red. That's what that's. What, and, uh, and, and 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 I, I know you're a food connoisseur, but you know wine got to be in the mix somewhere with that. Am I right? Correct. Yes. When, when did you guys get into? When did when did you guys step into uh, fine spirits, so to speak? Dude, How long? This was years in the making. This is called Harmony, year. correct? Yeah, it's called Harmony. Yeah. Um, there you go. Let me let me help you out a little bit. Yeah, and they're all Bordeaux's. They, uh, they were grown in uh, Chateau Auguste, which is this place all the way in, you know, France, whatever. And um, All the way. Yeah, all, all the way. way. <laughs> and uh, like deep, deep France. Um, it's not like a four-year-old. All the way. All the way in France. That's that's my Trump vernacular. And, um, you know, <laughs> basically, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, basically, you know, this this was something that we we've, we've been experimenting and uh, trying to get into for years, but we never really found the right people to get involved uh, with business-wise. But we found the, the folks, we found the guys, and again, it's three wines: it's a Bordeaux Blanc, it's a Bordeaux uh, Rosé, and it's a Bordeaux uh, Red. 
or Rouge, as they call it. And, um, you know, it's, it's an affordable yet very tasty, uh, multi palated wine. Like it's, it's, it has such a great flavor, all of them. Like I don't want to sound like a commercial and I don't want to sound like, you know, you got me sold. You but know, the crazy thing is is, 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 I know you appreciate you appreciate this, Amir. The way that they they uh, grow the grapes, you know, where they grow up, they play our music to the grapes. Yeah. They play- you better stop it, while You better no book. No that book. sounds about right. Yeah, it's, I, a, it's I an know actual. Like, uh, it's, it's, a, scientific, it's a scientific word for it yes. that we can't remember. I am so for this. Called yeah, yeah. It's called genotic. It helps. Genotic. It helps them fight genotic. off. Yeah, it helps them fight off a lot of different infections and things like that as this, they grow. This literally, wine. yes, I've heard of this before where people yeah. use music to grow. Yep. Yeah, I've, they've I've done the to, research. So, yeah. so between where they that play, and, like, classical you know, music. See, that's the selling point right there, y'all. That's yeah, yeah, but yeah, see, we can, yeah. we can also do some some Joey DeFrancesco, some Roots Records, some Chris McBride. We can play that for the grapes, too. We can start a, you know, like a jazz Experiment. line of harmony. You know what I'm saying? We'll come up with some all, all, the grape, all the grapes are organically grown. Um, because it be- it's better resistant to pesticides and disease and all that other stuff. So said that. We, you know, oh, okay. So we wanted to make sure. <laughs> I love y'all believing you. Yeah. So, so, so we wanted to make sure that that the grapes, it, just like us, was organic. It was pure. You got some too, Fonte? He just got some brown. Nigga, I had to pull up some apple crown. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> that shit, I'm joking with boys and men. Nigga, you crazy. I don't know. Shit. All I, I got I is might be somebody. <laughs> and peanut butter whiskey. Yo, but what's crazy is, this is like the first product that y'all have like put out in your career, right? Or my yeah. trip? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It really, it really, really is. And we, we talk about that and the question has been asked. And one of the things is, is that, um, We've never been the type of group to do the so-called endorsement thing. This is something yeah. that we really, really believe that is a part of our lifestyle, who we are, something we can represent, something that we can do. And mm-hmm. we're just not good at faking it. You know what I'm saying? So this If you didn't title, know, you know. The you know, being, you know, being older, you know, men now and you know, being able to, you know, drink a glass of wine and relax and chill and be a part of friends, family harmony, music, the sound, the different type of blends, the different grapes, all of it encompasses who we are and where we are at this point in our life. So here, here. Here, here. Yo, what's up? This is Fonte, Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson. Uh, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling, uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. The next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Schmurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR, Noir. 
Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Farian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, my last question. Have you guys been, when's the, or the, the last time you've been, have you been to the Broad Street Creative and Performing Arts? Yes. At all? Yes. Were you angry at how immaculate and clean yes. it was? Yes. Wasn't y'all school? <laughs> mad as well, fuck. Amir, let me give you a little I was mad as fuck. Amir, let me give you a little insight. It's like an apartment. So, it was like a condominium, my, like. Yeah. So when Mr. King passed away and they and they uh, they had a new music teacher, the music teacher there was my original music teacher when I was in the seventh, eighth, and ninth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. They brought her from okay. Meredith. So I spent a lot of time up there. My son went to this school. So I'm sitting in there. It, it, I mean, it looks like a college. And yeah, the fact that we fought the Colombians. You know what I'm saying? The fact that, you know, <laughs> we didn't really have our own space in certain classrooms. We you know, Gates in the ceiling, basketball on the roof with the gates, trying to make sure you don't jump off the edge. Yeah, it was very, very fucking frustrating. But I was about to say, like, the acoustics of that bath, y'all used to, that urine infested bathroom on the fourth floor, that's where y'all honed. That's a plug. Like, do, yeah. do you even feel like we it's not official unless? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it even official? There's no urine yes. inside of. Yes, but we had to use not... our diaphragm. Like, but how do y'all not expect this after this school has produced The Roots, Christian McBride, Boys to Men? Like, isn't this the natural evolution I'm, of what? I'm this glad that they had a safe Sullivan? environment. Like, I'm glad they had a safe environment. But when I came, I went back. I went back there with Tariq. A year and a half ago, and it was, I was the like, I could see my reflection on the floor. Yeah, yeah bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I this is immaculate. Thing, I tell you, the only thing that makes me feel good about it 
was the fact that one day I went back and I was driving down the street and I said, you know what? I know how to get there, but I'm going to use my navigation. So I put in my navigation, drove up to the corner and I'm just pausing. I'm waiting. I'm like, all right, well, let me just get, I want to get up to the corner and turn and see what my navigation says. And that navigation said, Boys and Men Boulevard, dude, I felt like a five-year-old. <laughs> wow. I was sitting there like, Shit, yes. that's right. Dude, yes. Dude, oh, it it's official. Me out. Now, here's the thing. You know, people always get the little, hey, what's Boys and Men Boulevard? And this is, uh, you know, it's in GPS. Like, everybody get the gratis name. But, dude, when it showed up in the navigation, Nigga, that's official. Like, that's official. Hell yeah. yeah. When it show up on Garmin, nigga. I don't yeah. even think Martin Luther King Bullet Parkway is on there yet. It's not. Yeah. You know I was like, wow. We have you know what else made me? You know what else made took away that jealousy a little bit, though, Nate? I ain't gonna lie. What took away that jealousy a little bit is when I heard the choir sing, and they did not sound as good or even close. <laughs> <laughs> Choir man, we were smashing them, son. Yeah, which brings me to my last question, which is who was the the most famous graduate before the roots and voice of men of Kappa? Like, we had some actors, honestly. And to be and to be honest with you, the school only existed. The school only existed, I think, six years before we got there. Yeah, it was still. It was a brand new idea in the city. It was a wow. Okay. The building, we the reason why we were in a jacked up building was because the original school was downtown in a building that was just an idea. They were trying a school, and then it started to do well. It was on Broad Street. They were like, "Yeah, Broad Street." They said, "Well, let's move it to another place, and we'll turn it into a school." And for now, to just hang out with the Colombians. We do make the Colombians famous, you know the that. Colombians, right? <laughs> right? You know what I'm mean? saying? Uh, <laughs> I wonder if they have memories they, of that. Like it's a country. Who <laughs> <laughs> was um like, uh, laughing? Sean. Uh, what's Columbia. her name? Went there. Um, uh, oh yeah, Jasmine she was on the Cosby Show. Yeah. Oh, Lance. Uh, Oh, oh uh, Eric Alexander. Eric, Eric not Eric Alexander, Alexander but her okay. girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. Oh, 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 that's right. That was cool. with Malcolm. Oh. Cousin Pam, the one, the one to play no, Cousin Pam. No, Charmaine, not Cousin Pam. Charmaine, Charmaine, Charmaine. Charmaine, yeah, Charmaine. Oh. She yeah, went to it was that. it was seen more as an acting school before yeah. we got yeah. over to to Broad. And what's his name? Who was uh saying? I said Black I forget his name. Black Euros. I was friends with uh, that son. Spoonji Ray J. Uh, I say eight months. Yeah, yeah, I say eight months. Yeah. Yes. I said eight, yeah. Uh, I can't that's remember. Right, that's right. That's he right. He went Andre Whitfield. Andre Whitfield. Yeah, no, not DeAndre. No, 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 no. no. no, no. no. As, oh, oh, you're thinking of what's your name's husband? That's Roger. Uh, I can't remember his you name, but yeah. Yeah, uh, DeAndre Whitfield. He's married to, uh, what's your name? Sally right? Sally Richardson. Sally Richardson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh boy! Yeah, All right, was, I want to wrap this up because I know back, Nate losing his patience. Actually, ah. I'm drunk now. I'm good. I'm in. No, go in. Go. <laughs> Can you? Ah. Okay, I got one. All right, no, one thing. Right, go yeah, in. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm all right, all right, we like, going in. We right. are nerds on so, the show. Yeah, now nah, this is music nerd. Y'all boys done. Y'all fucking with the right ones today. All right, so look. <laughs> more to drink. <laughs> all right, so all right, so so Wanye. So I've always heard like you know um, a lot of vocal teachers and like vocal professors. They always say, well, you know, you shouldn't stretch your neck when you move or when you sing you shouldn't you know move your neck but being Everybody a boys to men disciple <laughs> listen and I'm Stevie like, Wonder that's what, and like, that's Stevie what Wonder. Wanye be doing like you're the most yeah like we know the Wanye movement 
So <laughs> I want to know, was that something that you got uh, kind of like bounced back from from vocal teachers or was that just something that you just did because you have the most distinctive like head and neck movements? That's like, how we got on the high notes low notes. No, it was um, honestly, I never got any blowback uh, from any of the uh, any of the like the vocal coaches or teachers because we didn't really have vocal coaches or teachers you know what I'm oh saying? wow okay like if we sang choir of course i couldn't not even dumpson you know what i'm saying i would have you know, uh let's not even dramatically you know what i'm oh, saying never mind what you say, Nick? i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't a dumpson fan because that's that's them dudes he ain't <laughs> like me either you know what he i'm saying no. they're but, happy i i saw dumpson in and miss davis at this uh miss davis is still there yeah a hundred years old yeah a hundred years old Yes, she's still hanging on, boy. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. That right there, honestly, is um, it's it's just um a dynamic thing. I mean, of course, I can do that without my neck, but I feel like it gives me a a, a better, I guess, a better movement. You know what I'm saying? You know, how sometimes you see somebody playing a saxophone and they, you know what I'm saying? They're doing that because it gives them more of a. You know what I mean? Of 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 a of a dynamic. He gets to sing it, but he wants to feel it when he sings it. Yeah, but how yeah. much your how much your vibrato comes from your neck versus like how much comes from your, your throat? diaphragm? Right. Um, well, no, I mean like like well, there's my, this my different. Vibrato comes from from this from it's like within. Yes, yeah, yeah. like chesty. You know what I mean? So I I kind of it depends on what I'm singing because um, sometimes I move it from my throat to to my diaphragm or I move from my diaphragm to my chest. You know what I'm saying? It depends on what mm-hmm. I'm the, the tone that I'm trying to get out. You know what I mean? A lot of times you guys hear. Um, the ending of a song, it takes, it's, it's more of a chesty head type, you know what I mean, dynamic, because it's the power, you know what I'm saying? It's where, you know, the power comes from. And if I got to hold the long note, that's when I switch it to my diaphragm, you know what I mean? But- I'll tell you another one, this guy didn't learn how to sing falsetto until almost four, five, six years into this voice to men thing. He practiced. Wow. I had like, no, I he had, no falsetto. had zero falsetto. So, so I, literally, crazy. I literally, I literally started Trying, I, I literally became like a student of my own voice. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I know where certain pieces of my voice take me. Like I, I could sing it it many different ways, but I also know what the audience calls for. And my how do you fi- how do you find that? How do you find the the right way to sing the right thing? So, like what is is it just like, intuition? Like Nate, like Nate said, I just sing. I you literally. Just just sing. I mean, I don't have to be doing shit. I'll be in the house and I hear like a acoustic and I'll just, I'll sing and, and then I'll figure something out. And then once I figure it out, I'll practice that over and over again, because I always believe that I can be better. I never feel like, you know, like people say, oh my God, you're the best. No, I'm striving to get better and better every day. Cause if you're the best, you can't grow anymore. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I want to be better and better with, with whatever style I, I, I choose to sing, because I know that there's going to be multifacets of style styles that I'm going to need to, you know what I mean? Sing in order to be an artist, you know? Is there a particular um, music just as, as long as you guys have been doing it and just as seasoned of singers as you are, is there still a particular style of music that, gives you more trouble than the other like like jazz versus gospel versus classical or you know is there uh, we, we what, actually, what is what what what's still a challenge to you yeah we 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 are like i said um uh sean to me is uh he has a a really good jazz ear so 
When it comes to something like that, I always look to Sean to start it. Now, I know what it's supposed to sound like, but I know when Sean starts it, I know where it's supposed to go. So once he starts mm-hmm. it, I know where I fit in. You know what I'm saying? So we, there's no hiccup there. Same with Nate. Nate has a great jazz ear. Nate's like his musical uh, roundness is, is just like fucking crazy to me. But when he starts something, we all know exactly where it goes. So it can be a jazz song or it can be like like uh, um, like Ribbons in the Sky. You know mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That acapella version, that's jazzy and R&B it's, it's a lot of different facets so when it comes to oh yeah I'm not sure if y'all heard that record that was, that was a fun yeah, record when it, come, when it comes to that we all I guess give enough of a strength to not make it a hurdle you know what I mean I understand so, and it's knowing, so, knowing your comfort you're not in so much a comfort zone but knowing we all know that when someone sings a part we know if that's the part they should sing like there are times when we'll we'll sing something and we'll be like, nah, I think Sean should sing it because he's got a little bit more of this or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. and we know that, you know what I'm saying? And we we tend to know when to fall in or a guy, somebody, for example, will come to the studio. I'm like, yeah, well, I wanted Juan to sing this and Juan. I'm like, nah, well, I think Nate should probably do this part because we all know each other's voices. So whenever we hear anything that anybody brings to us, we know who should sing what and where and where it should go. Mm-hmm. That's so dope. What's Technically, so, what's the warm-up game like? Like, how does how does that work? As in, like, I once talked to Christian McBride, and he said that he he warmed up, he practiced for the ten to ten minutes before the gig, and that was it. And I assume that with you guys, it's way different than that. <laughs> like, I'm sure the warm game is students legit. of Seth Riggs or that I level of. I don't warm up at all. I'm not even sitting and lie to you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> You just walk in? Man, I hate y'all. I swear, to, I, I swear to you, I don't. I just when I wake up. When I wake up in the morning, no. I sing, when I wake up in the morning and I know I have a show. I sing the highest note that I'm going to sing on the show, and if it comes out clear, I know I'm good. You're good. <laughs> and another <laughs> and that's reason it. why I don't. But any Luther requirements like take the air conditioning off? I don't sleep. Oh, oh yeah, man. oh yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah, we don't like air conditioning and all that. And okay. that that'll. So is there like on the tour bus you fight over like? Okay, it was yeah, 78, now it's 72. And- Juan likes it blazing hot. Sean and I like it more in, in, the, in the middle, kind of. We don't like it cold, but we don't like it steamy. Like, Juan will go in his okay. room and turn the shower on and steam, you know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> I mean, I, they live another reason why Los I Angeles, to- Vegas, and Tampa, just for the record. Well, another reason why <laughs> I don't hot. like to practice because I never really know where I'm going to end up. Meaning, mm-hmm. <laughs> depending on what we're singing and what we're doing, I don't know. I know what parts I'm supposed to sing for each song, but I don't know what I'm going to, I don't know what I'm singing because I don't know where I'm going to be. And you so know I'm just, it's kind of like open. And believe it or not, like sometimes that opens up for, for interesting things to come out of your throat. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool sometimes. Like right now we're going through a season change in LA. So my voice is a little raspy. And mm-hmm. if you're recording or if you're doing something, sometimes that sounds cool. You know what I mean? We forget that like our voices are instruments. And and sometimes those little, like those quirks, those idiosyncrasies vocally, could bring out a texture that might resonate soulfully. You know what I'm saying? Because mm, you might not feel as, mm. as clean or whatever, but it has such a rasp and a rug- ruggedness to it. It makes you sing different. You know what I'm saying? It's it's almost like Amir when you play different drum skins. You know what I'm saying? When you got like different snares, or whatever, it has different resonances and right. different sounds and textures and feels when you strike it it's the same thing vocally with us like yeah 
we want to sound good all the time, but you know, when it comes to weather and when it comes to stuff like that, we just adapt to what our voices are doing at that moment. And we just at that time, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I always wish I had more, more power in the tenor range, but I don't. Like <laughs> I used to, I, I you know, I, I used to sit back and listen to Sean and Juan and be like, damn, I I could sing it, but I just can't. I can't. I don't have that bite to it. Like I just don't have mm-hmm. that that rip. You know what I'm saying? Now above them, I do. But in that, it's like I can sing it, but I just don't. Ha- I always wanted to be that, have that tenor guy that just could just rip. I just, I just don't. I don't have that in it. I don't have that. Bite. I, I always don't. wanted to. Does, they, wanted does to age sound. fuck with y'all voices? Does age fuck with y'all's voices? Because I was, I saw Billy Joel two years ago, and he's playing things in C, but it sounds in B flat. Like it's a whole step down because his voice is down. Do you guys, you guys don't have that? It happened to us. Not, not me lucky. personally. That's a question. I, um, I, um, that's, yeah, that's real. I guess, be, I guess because again, I, I tend to be all over the place. I don't, a key doesn't really matter for the most part for me. Mm-hmm. Like when you change it, drop it. I'm, no, let me rephrase that. The, the, when you start to drop it lower, it affects me one because of my, my, my pitch, my, the, the perfect pitch thing. It irritates me because I know it's the wrong key. So it's, mm-hmm. I struggle to sing it in a different key. Curse. And me and Juan used to fight a lot because he can't sing. I mean, not that he can't, but because he sings so many of those songs, like every song is like every song is way up in the stratosphere. Some of them we have to adjust. And I'd be like, dude, you really want to drop it? Dude, I can't, like, I can't do eight of them in a row. I'm like, we kind of fight with that but i mean it, it 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 can become a struggle when again when you got that kind of bite with the way his voice is when you gotta dig into a song that way on every single i mean if you did a 30 minute boys to men set this this clown sings into the road <laughs> up there i'll make love to you up there up there bended knee up like everything, he ends everything in the sky. So <laughs> Sean and I may be like, well, you know, it's, it's just 20 minutes. He like, nigga, it's 20 minutes, but it ain't 20 minutes, nigga. Right. It's 20 steps. There's a whole different Oh, you know, we so have you're saying that sometimes adjust. these songs won't make it? Um, yeah, and then I'll, listen, then I'll mess listen, with them every can now and then. Not like, do you not say it like that. We have to do the hits. That's bottom yeah. line. Gotcha. We have to do the hits, but sometimes. Like there's some songs that aren't major hits that I'm like, nigga, like color, color. But a song like oh, Run and Dry, that that isn't required. Everybody loves that record. Everybody loves singing that. We were singing that. If yeah. that's the only one we had to sing every fucking day. Every day. Every day. Y'all, yeah. y'all do Can You Stand the Rain at any show? I was just. Do y'all do Can You Stand the Rain at all? No, we have. I will tell you that's one that we definitely. Need our brother on. We need Mike on that record. Okay. What's the status with y'all and Mike now? Is things cool? Is it not cool? Or y'all speaking on it? Was I think we're? I think we as a group, us three, are we're cool with where we are with Mike. We just Mm -hmm. don't know where we are with Mike. I'll Mm -hmm. leave it at. I mean, again, it's like we've gone through a lot. We've been through some bad things, some good things. Just you know, we we love him. We don't we don't hate him. We don't wish any ill feel anything about him, but unfortunately we, we tried to bring him back a couple of times and you know some of our milestones whether it was the 20th album or you know 20 years or 25 and it just didn't work out 
because unfortunately a lot of people don't realize that Mike has been away from the group longer than he was in the group. Mm-hmm. Right. Facts. Like he left yeah. in 1999. We had that just started in 92. Mm-hmm. So bringing him back for the 20th anniversary and the 25th anniversary, Mike McCary is a different guy that we didn't grow up with from 99 to 2020. Like yes. he's just a different person. A long he's time. just been gone yeah. for a long time. And at that time we were all growing up families becoming men built like all this is when we really started to learn different things about ourselves that we needed to grow up around each other so we could understand those different things about each other but he was all the way over there so we don't even know in some cases honestly it sounds sad to say it we don't even know who he is right now who he is no yeah honestly we really know who he was back then (laughs) (laughs) with that on top of it mike was mike was always the other dude, you know what I'm saying? Like if we got, if we got freaking uh, Pathfinders, Mike would get a rodeo. If we got, mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? Benz's Mike would get get a Porsche. If we, you know what I'm saying? He yeah. just was always separate from us. Like we would hang out, and Mike would not be there. You know what I'm saying? It's Mike just- came into the school in the same year that I came in, and Mike had a Mike had a pitch problem. And, you know, it kind of alienated him away from a lot of people in the choir and the school at that time, because Mike also had that attitude. Well, I'm going to do what I can. And if you don't like it, fuck you. And that's right. kind of what his attitude was. <laughs> He's like, I'm going tr- to try to sing it. If it don't get there, talk well. about me all you want. The hell with you. And if you talk about me too much, then we might have to have some physical altercation. Yeah, about what talking that. about. Yeah. And that's, that's just who he was. <laughs> I see that. Wow. What part yeah. of Philly was Mike from? What part of Philly is he from? He was from, uh, He's from Logan. Logan. Philly. Okay. Okay. Actually, Sean, where were you from in Philly? Of the suburbs of Southwest Philadelphia. Man, shut up. What is that called? Upper Dark? Is that a suburb? <laughs> what is he saying? I don't understand. What is that? I don't I never from the damn suburbs. I came from <laughs> Southwest Philadelphia. Oh. I lived on 59th and Belmar Terrace, right down the street oh. from Myers Park and Paul Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> And Riddick's, you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's where I, I come from. I'm, I know. But yeah, okay. I'm from I grew up in Southwest. So you took the 36 trial. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I grew in up in 13. Southwest, like 58th and uh, uh, 58th and Wooden Avenue, like Greenway Avenue, and then uh, Crest. Exactly. Oh, you know what? Crest what? Yeah. Crest supermarket boy. What? Yeah. All right. So I used to bag at Crest, son. For real? What? Damn. That's where I used come to get on, my eight track tapes. Been- what man? Help me with your bags, miss. What? How you get a quarter, nigga? What? what? Anyway, I, I grew up. I grew up over there, and then when I started going to performing arts, whatever, I moved into South Philly, so I grew up over there. But no, nah, I'm, I'm from. As a matter of fact, my street was Alden Street, right in front of Crest. Okay, I know who that is. My the grandma lived around that way, so that's how I know. Thursday was shopping for grandma at Crest. That's on right. That's right, me. boy. Okay. What? Uh, now, damn it! All right, now. Uh, <laughs> All right. Let it out. Let it do out. you guys do you guys ever get sentimental for Philly at all? And yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. act on it? Okay, so they GPS the fucking directions and the fucking street name. Yes, they get nostalgic about no, Philly. No, but I, I, my shit's a little bit different. Like I will actually designate maybe every other month. Mm. I will. And go home. I will actually ride the L. 
No, you don't. We try that. From, we should try no, that. for real. I've done we it. We should try I, that. Before, before every Roots picnic, like when rehearsals start, I'll designate about six hours to just sit on the L from 69th Street all the way to the other Turn end around. and full circle it. Yeah. Just we used to, to try. You should try that. What you mean? We try just try. It didn't work? Yeah. Well, the thing we is... I couldn't well, wear a hat or glasses. I was caught every time because it's all part of the outfit. So either way, oh. it's nothing not I could hide with unless I just put a hood over my head. This might think I'm crazy. Right. But I mean, do you guys like when's the last time that you really like just like okay. just I, I really went to landmarks of your life or like try to chase ghosts? I call it chasing ghosts where yeah, you just I, I, I did that last time. Uh, yeah, a couple years ago I took my kids to my actual block. Where I, where I live, like I, I I took all my kids, my wife was like, "Yo, we gonna go to my neighborhood where I grew up," like the whole shit. And, was it like and, an episode of Blackish? Were they scared? Th- no, nah, they were they were just kind of a sound because yeah, they kind of big kids, they Cali kids, they survived. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? So when when they actually got out the car and they saw well, you got out the car, okay. oh yeah, we got the car. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, we got the car. And 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 and. They saw rundowns, you know, houses and the streets all fucked up and the whole nine yards. And they was like, Daddy. My daughter was like, Daddy, which house was yours, right? And I said, well, that's my house right there. You know, I pointed at the house. That's where I grew up. She was like, well, it is a really small house. (laughs) I was like, like, yeah, it's a small house. Like five of us grew up in that house. So, yeah, like, you know, and I took them to get cheesesteaks and the whole nine yards. So, yeah, like that. we, We got a dope city. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, right. it's, it's, it's grimy sometimes, and it's got its moments. But ultimately, not. We, well, I tell you what, they, I I, they, I go back there a lot. Um, did um, they gentrify your go, spot? That's where we wanted to get to. Not where I live. Southwest, not, not Southwest. No. It's gonna be Say last. No, yeah. it's still black. Yeah. Still okay. Black. Oh yeah, no. Where I was in South Philly, they <laughs> not, my house at the time was probably like one hundred thirty grand. It's like nine hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They done took the whole South Philly area. But I mean, I, I get a soft spot when I go back because um, like, and, and I don't really normally talk about this kind of stuff. But last year, uh, Christmas Eve, I took my son and I took my best friend who passed away from COVID. Um, I t- he was in Philly. He's just living in Philly, so I called him. I said, "Listen, dude, I need you to just go." to Target, I just need you to buy every sock they got. I need you to buy every sleeping bag they got. I need you to buy every uh, pair of gloves. And we just went out and gave out socks and sleeping bags and tents to homeless people. Because I know Mm. I used to pass them every day, you know what I'm saying, when I went downtown. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And I know that Philly has a big homeless problem. So I just got a real soft spot for homeless people. I mean, whether knowing what their story is or not, it just has always bothered me. So I like going back to Philly and just showing up and just giving people stuff. Like mm. I'll drive past a homeless guy and just give him a hundred bucks and just just so he can get the react. Just I don't even I don't even care what he does with it because it's not has nothing to do with me. I right. just I just I just want to feel the reaction that it means something to him and hopefully he'll do the right thing. But growing up in that town, knowing where we all come from and not having nowhere near what we have now, to go back and to put smiles on people's faces like that and to try different things like that, I, that that's what I get a soft spot for when I that's go love, back. love, man. Do you think, is that kind of what got you into doing the rehabs and doing the housing, like you, with 
to show and everything? A little bit. I'm I'm really my my dad brought me up and my brothers and family on you know always being able to do something with your hands, whether this is music or whatever it happens. Great, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, a man has to be able to take care of himself, and the only thing he the, his best two tools is his hands. So we were always taught to figure out something to do with them. So that was like a combination of the two for me, knowing that I come from nothing and knowing that I have the ability, not just with my hands, but financially I have the ability I didn't have before. So it was like bringing them all together. So that was, a, we came up with an idea of uh, for our charity called the Boys Cement House. And one of the biggest, one of the ideas was to try to build, this was you know, before COVID and all the creations, was to try to build these boys to men houses in these urban communities where, you know, kids, you know, after school programs, people can come get on the computer, all that kind of stuff, to where people would have the ability to enjoy, you know, the things that we couldn't enjoy when we were kids. So mm-hmm. doing the stuff with my hands and building, that's something that I've always loved to do and will always continue to do. And like I said, that 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 homeless thing is really is really, really big for me because I, I always believe that there's stories in all people. And, you know, we all pass most homeless people and be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, he he probably, you know, drugs it. We always assume that. But if we actually knew the story of each individual, I'm sure we all would think different. And the fact that we don't know them makes us all think of them the same way. And I think they get a bad rap a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Living in Cali will change your life and change your mind about the homeless because there's no way. Well, I've been been to Skid Row there and I've taken stuff to them, too. And I know that their homeless problem has gotten worse. Um, I know that their homeless people are more aggressive than most. And again, it's because it's it's the stories. I mean, you got to remember some of these people are belong there that they just did wrong things or they're drug. And then some people might have been a day and a half from paying their mortgage and they lost everything or someone might've lost their job and their wife left them and their, and their kid died from something. Like we don't know their story. And the cost of living is crazy. So for anybody. Without a doubt, it it can drive you into so many different situations that we don't know. Yeah. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, 
their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm going to end with this question. You guys are, are beyond ubiquitous. Okay, you're you're like oxygen or water. So I'm certain that at some point certain things didn't impress you. But what what key figure individually I'm asking this question? Who's who's the person that you met that really was like an oh shit, this is really happening moment? That really mm-hmm. like heart palpitations or you know that you were impressed that you got to meet and and or work with or whatever prince really yeah yeah for for me it, it was prince because i mean i just um you know he's a mysterious dude you know what i'm saying you know so mm-hmm. not too many people you know really know too much about him not too many people are around him you know what i'm saying and it was always like you know you always wonder so after purple rain you know i was really really into that that whole purple rain thing and mm-hmm. you know when we actually were invited to his house, uh, I mean, to his uh, her studio. Pays the point, right? Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? I, I literally, I didn't really like let the fellas know too much, but I was really like in awe, like, wow, this dude is really Prince. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. I, I met Michael <laughs> This I dude him. is really Prince. That's <laughs> what, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, I, I get it. I, same. Look, I, I know that feeling, man. I, I met Michael That's Jackson. And Michael is cool as hell. You know what I'm saying? But Michael is is not as mysterious. You know what I'm saying? You know, you to got, you, Wanya. Huh? Yeah, but I'm I'm just talking about like when I met him. Yeah, yeah, I got you. You, you know what I'm saying? He was really a cool dude, and so was Prince. But it was almost like when I when we met him, I almost felt like I wasn't supposed to be meeting him. You feel what I'm saying? It was that, mystical. It's kind of like mystical yeah, kind of Yeah, thing. it was like, yo, man, like, am I really? Like, this is this is Prince, but I was keeping it cool. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't like, oh, my God, Prince. But I was just like, yo. And then, you know, it, it they turned it. It was a lot of stories. It turned into a lot of real funny stories as, as time progressed. You know what I'm saying? But I swear, it was that was one of the moments where I was like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? And I've met almost everybody that I've wanted to meet. You know what I'm saying? Speaking of which, have you ever heard of his demo for Tevin, which is based on the Simpin remix? No, you, you never heard the P. Print, all right, I'm, I'm a Prince Colleges. I, you know, I'm in that damn I'm Prince. He always states. whatever. Okay, okay hold on, stop, pause that, hold that thought, because Prince Colleges. I'm gonna see if you get this real quick. This is a, a, a little trivia. Trivia, the mm-hmm. two albums. There's a song. Very, very big song for us. That yeah, we I, stole, I know. Oh, you know. Yes. The, har- uh, the harmony behind uh, uh, Thank You. Ah! For seven. Oh, 
I'm also a boys to men allergist. So, too. so yeah. thank you. So what, what, is still, what was it stolen from? What was it stolen from? From seven. Seven. Oh, seven. Oh, seven. We'll watch them. Oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. It's uh, the background okay. harmonies between behind Wands League. It's probably one of Prince's great. Uh, the, yes. I, yeah. When man. I heard that, I was like, okay, I, I would have done the same thing too because right. <laughs> has nice little pockets of harmony that you could pay. I was just to. hoping he ain't get us for it, dude, because I was like, I think we should. Maybe we shouldn't. It's too late. Mm-hmm. No. So, he, he, did he say he, something? No, no, he didn't. No. Thank Jesus. But I'm sure you heard it. <laughs> Yeah, he heard yeah, it. I'm yeah. sure he heard it. If he didn't say that's nothing, he borrowed. probably we liked it. Yeah. Right, Amir, because then you say that's what he borrowed. Yeah, but the, the Tevin Campbell uh, demo for the P, which, okay, I more more than classic Prince songs, I'm really a friend of like his worst songs. Right. And this is his second worst song ever. Um, oh, worse, nice. Worse than <laughs> Illusion Coma Pimp. Worse, no, no. Worse, <laughs> his, his absolute worst song is actually a song called Work That Fat. Yeah. Okay. You played it one time. You played it on We're your show. talk about this. Yes. <laughs> it, it is off. It's off. But yeah. I, oh, wow. His, uh, actually, you know what? I think, I still think that that track, that Tevin did that track. But, Yes, he he the the there's a there's a four bar drum break at the very end of the Simpin remix that he used as the basis of of that song, that? and I always Word. wanted to. Yeah, do I love wow. that remix too. I bought that single as a kid. I had, oh, I had the single. remix. <laughs> yeah, man, I love that record, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So, who's your person, uh, Sean? Uh, it would have to be MJ. Um, it was like. He's the reason why I, I even sing, right? You know what I mean? Like just his whole vocal, the way his, I, I, I was always in love with his, his vibrato. And, mm-hmm. you know, quite naturally when you copy somebody or when you, you, you listen to somebody every day, you, you can't help but to copy, you know, someone mm-hmm. vocally. So sometimes I'll hit something that might sound like Mike, and 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 it's not by design. It's just it just comes out. You know what I'm saying? And and mm-hmm. you know to to know that Mike was the type of dude that when we did see him, he would ask how our family was, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like you know it was mm-hmm. normal. Like to to have these conversations with a guy who is the greatest entertainer the world has ever seen. Mm-hmm. And to actually work with him intimately, you know, to, to uh, I was I did the one more can I give thing, you know, when 9 right. eleven did and, for nine eleven, for him to personally invite me in, come to the studio before I even you know did the song, we're just chopping it up about stuff, and then he goes in, tells me what I need to sing, blah 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 blah, and do it like I, in in my wildest dreams, I would have never mm-hmm. thought having a relationship like this wasn't just like. You know, oh, I know this have, guy. Like we were, we were cool with the, with the man, and he right. understood wow. us, and we understood him. You know what I'm saying? And and that was the cool thing about that. So I, I was in, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. The one question we never asked Jimmy Jam was the making of the title track. For were you guys there for the creation of it, or were you just brought in at the end to sing 
your parts on the title track of history because we sang it. We sang, he wasn't there, but we sang it in oh, the studio. There. We, we, Mike what, was there. Was Mike there? Yo. Remember we came yeah, in. Yeah, he was there. We yeah, for like he came three in. Hours. Yep. Dude, that, when we actually sang the record, though, was when he sang, When we sang uh, the harmonies to history, Mike was yeah. in the studio. He came in and yeah. we talked for like three hours before we actually sang. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, I, I wanted to, because that song is so intricate and, you know, made in 95 before like Ableton and like the type of demands that he had to create that song really wasn't common. Right. Right. You know, so right. I, you know, I, off. Yeah. I didn't ask. I didn't ask Jimmy Jam on air, but I asked, like, what was your like the nightmare project that? And he said, Oh no, without a doubt, history, because he kept. We would present something. He's like, All right, push it more, push it more, push it more. Right. And, you know, add this in, and it goes all over the place. I wanted to know were you guys there for the chaos, the, the stacking <laughs> of no, that? No, we or did there you come in that. at the end? Like, <clears throat> we did our part, and then they took it and kind of ran. Oh, uh, okay. I see. <clears throat> I see. I yeah, see, we got so mad at Mike too because he he compressed us and squished us all the way down. Barely. Oh ah. yeah, he stuck us in the back. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I assume that was you guys singing on it. So, <laughs> Sean, I was oh, going to ask you, man. Um, you're so I didn't know until like a couple years ago that uh, Anthony David is your cousin. Yeah, it's my and, first. Um, yeah, and uh, big ups to Anthony David. That's my brother, man. And um, he told me when y'all did the record, y'all covered um, Tears for Fears. Everybody wants to rule the world. Right. on his album, uh, the As Above Solo album for 2011. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me just about tracking that. And I said, so man, so what was it like? Like Sean in the studio, he was like, dude, Sean is just one take. He's like, he's singing all these harmonies. Like he's finding notes in between the notes. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. he just had just yeah. like, nothing but positivity like to say about yeah, you, man. No, so like, I, I, you I, know, I, did, I did not realize he could even sing, Fonty. Like really? I saw him, we were all coming out of Madison Square Garden in New York. And we were run, we bumped into Indiari, and and he was with her, and I was like, "Yo, what's up, cousin?" I was like, "What are you doing here?" And he was like, <laughs> he was like I'm "Yeah, milk I'm now. singing." I was like, "You doing what?" <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, "Nigga, I didn't know you could sing." Like, I, I had, I had no, <laughs> I, like he never because he would come to Philly for the summer sometime. We would hang out, and, you know that whole thing. So he never once told me that he had them, you know he could sing or write or anything like that. So when I first saw him on, you know, then, and then I saw him on TV and now he got his albums out, I was like, oh shit. So I was like, you know, and, and, and what's funny is, is, is uh, Tiny's my second cousin. Tiny, uh, T.I. Tiny? Yeah. Oh, so your people's Atlanta. Oh. Wow. Yeah, I, I, got, I, got a, I got a lot of family in, in Savannah. That's uh, the, where my mother and my father's from. So oh, we're, we're both, they're both I did not know that. I, I got a lot of people in Savannah. So, you know, so yeah, like it's crazy. It's crazy. Like I got a lot of family members that, you know, I, I found out that one of the guys from, remember the song, uh, something's going on. The guy, you and me, nigga. Yeah, yeah, you and me. You and me. You and me. They had two jams. They had, they had something's going on and they had bros from my heart. And then it was over. Yeah, yeah. That group. Is like the second cousin of mine too, so it's like I'm just kind of like it's. I got a musical. Wow, family. it's crazy. What, man, what was y'all thoughts? So we talking about groups. What was y'all thoughts on? Okay, two questions. What were y'all thoughts on "15 Minutes" by Mark Morrison? And what were y'all thoughts on uh, Mark Nelson? Uh, Mark Nelson. Mark Nelson. I said not Mark Morrison. That's the turn of the Mac, which is one of the greatest songs ever. <laughs> <laughs> 
but <laughs> but no, Mark, say Mark, Mark Nelson, Nelson 15, 15 minutes. <laughs> 15 oh, minutes we and uh, as yet. We used, to, we used to clown Mark with that 15 minutes. Well, I'll tell you what? the as yet story. <clears throat> I'll tell you the as yet story for me. Man, I am. Let's go. I remember verbatim. I was sitting at the crib. I was watching uh, BET. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was just, commercial came on. So I got up, walked in the kitchen, getting something to drink. Came, a song came, video came on. And I heard, <clears throat> I heard the first verse. And we had a lot of vision of love. And I heard, I drank you. And I was like, hold up. I kept listening. And I'm like, hold on, somebody is trying to steal our shit. Who the fuck is this? So I ran into the room and I looked at the TV and I'm like, who the fuck is this yellow nigga? Who's this? What is this? This other, but the curly motherfucker. Then I saw Mark. I was like, this motherfucker. He done went and did another Boys to Men and didn't fuck. He, he's trying to get us. He's trying to get us. I, I can't remember. I don't know if it was Juan or Sean. I called somebody. I called. I said, yo, Mark is trying to do it to us because he got a group and they singing our shit. That's exactly what I said. Like, dude, now, mind you, I ain't heard nobody that close ever. So I knew it had to be somebody in the mm-hmm. nucleus to know yeah. how we did stuff. So I'm like, right. The way the background harmonies was moving, I was like, somebody no, it was, was sleeping the in my bed. Greatest voice to men by <laughs> ever. It was not for. It was the greatest voice so to men by ever. That was like Tony ever. Rich, the baby face to you. Man, I'm <laughs> telling you, I lost it. I really, and I was like, dude, they're yeah, trying to come. They're trying to get us. Somebody do the code. Yes. I was. Somebody selling the secret herb because it kept playing, and it sounds. Incredible, like yeah, honestly, and that album was good. That, that by far oh, was, was one of the baddest yeah. songs I had heard in the la- in that. Like that was one of the baddest songs of the nineties, cuz. Wow, that yeah. song was nuts. Yeah, the fact song. that they had different guys singing different parts. They had the mm-hmm. bass guy. They had the high guy. They had the falsetto. They had the guy with the flips. And the ho- man, I'm telling you, they were the close. That song right there was the closest song I've ever heard any group on the planet sing to what we do. All right. Can I, I add agree. can I add an unpopular take? Because I have Uh-oh. a theory. Go in. Uh-oh. I have a theory. Uh-oh. And if you verify it or if you choose to verify it or not verify it, it's okay. But I have a sneak because here's the thing. I always wanted to know that why did faces reign of hits just abruptly stop in 2001. Coincidentally, the same time that the members of As Yet left the fold, or at least under, uh, left, uh, I forgot what was managing them. Yes. Yeah. Were they his ghostwriters? Well, I will tell you this. You didn't say I know that Mark (laughs) did some writing with Fates. I do know that. Now, what songs they were, Good night. I don't know. This is Quest Lesson Queen. I'll see y'all later. Him and I have had that conversation, and I know he's done some writing. I mean, I don't know what. He, we never got into what songs, but Mark came to them as a writer, not a singer. Right. right. He was under mm. Yab Young, under his wife's thing. Right. And then exactly. when that imploded, then... He got, yeah, he got, he got put into As Yet. That wasn't his, his get-up. I know. Wow. Wait, where does he live now? 
He's um he's actually back in New York now. I just talked to him two days ago. Okay, I just meant like what kind of houses he living in Trump Tower. That's the, that's how no, you. No, know. no, no. He's not not not, he's not, no. not 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 quite that. No, I mean, okay. yeah. I no. wanted to ask Babyface that question when he did the show, but. You know, we had such a good vibe. I didn't want to be like, all right, you didn't really write all the songs, his, did you? Who his, really wrote them? Well, <laughs> like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, dude. Here's the one thing with face, man. And I'll tell you, and I'm, and I'm sure the guys can vouch, man. One thing that though we wrote, we, I, though we wrote pretty good songs, we learned how to critique our own ability to write songs by writing with this guy, meaning, mm. You would hear him, he would write a song, he would write a lyric or a verse, and he would sing it, he would play it over and over again, and he'd take out a word, he'd put another word in, he'd take out another word, put another word in. Now, if all of us were listening, we'd be like, it flows just fine. His theory, and it's a really interesting theory, his theory is the song will never be done until you stop because if you don't stop if you're a good enough songwriter you'll always find a better way you'll to always write find a song. way to make it better 100 so eventually 100%. it's not about how good you are as a songwriter it's when you know and have the ability to stop right this because otherwise you'll just sit there yeah. you know what i'm saying and you're like no nah, that's not and somebody like him he like we learned how to put certain notes on certain words because people would hear it's a, it's a, it's let's just say it was a, a major third chord that mm-hmm. hit the home run of a song. Like, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> what's the song? Um, Science. Say I love you. Say I care. Sorry, I'm drinking. <laughs> like the way he puts certain words that lands on certain chords they're for you to remember those words. You ever notice when we think of a song, we may not always know the song. We'll go, no, 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 no. And I love you because the right. I love you are the notes that he put there on purpose that you he knew you were going to remember that part. That's how he <laughs> writes records, which is extremely interesting. I never knew that before we sat with him. And you Yo. don't really know unless you have the conversation. Unpaid the Bill. Thing about, the funny thing about yes. songwriting. Oh, go ahead, Sean. No, I was going to okay, say, Sean. the funny thing about songwriters now in comparison, the songs that are out now that I listen to, the R&B songs to be specific, um, they were, they, they're written a lot like how we used to write our songs previous. Like, you know, th- there were songs that we would write and, and we would let Babyface hear, for example, and he also would say, you know, say less. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like with everything that you're saying, you know, we would try to fit in a sentiment Oh, I love you and everything, and we're growing together and blah, 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 blah and all this other stuff. <laughs> and he would basically say, yeah. say, just, say less. Just say I love you. Like, yeah. And, yeah. and sometimes that's it. You don't need to say anything else. And 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 I've noticed that with a lot of lot of songs now with R&B records, and I got a 16-year-old son, and he can't even follow a lot of the lyrics that go on with, yeah. with our, our artists because there's so much being said that... The it's like they're almost trying talk. to be rappers. You know yeah. what I mean? It's almost like, and the real rap, I mean, you kind of, I mean, if we don't keep it all the way funky, we kind of got, to me, I think we kind of got Bone to blame for that. Like, but you know what? Thugs, we were taught, to me, we was, were taught, you know? But we were taught in songwriting that you have to understand that the average audience of who you're writing for, you got to look at them as having a seventh grade education. 
you can't give them too much. You got to get right to the point yep. so they'll never forget it. George you Clinton said the same thing. We had him yeah, on, and, and he was saying, he was like, all that parliament shit. He said, man, I was just trying to write nursery rhymes. Yeah. And, like, and, that's, and, that's, and that's what it and was. that's it. Face just has the ability. I'm going to tell you, it's deeper than his songwriting, dude. It's his freaking melodies. His melodies yeah. are things that just, they just live inside you, dude. They're like, mm-hmm. to answer your question, because um, I know you asked this question about the last, this could be the last question and we went more forward. I never really had a person that I met in the business that <clears throat> I felt that way about that. Oh my God, they kind of lit me up because my favorite, my favorite person that passed away already was just Sam Cooke. I was a big Sam Cooke, Soul Stirs fan, mm-hmm. Highway QC, wow. like all okay. of that. I grew up on that, you know, Southern gospel stuff and Sam. Into yeah. the so you never met Bobby Womack? guys up or, in Chicago. Uh, yeah, I stick in. No, or I figured at least Bobby Womack could feel that voice. Exactly. For you or... so, I, so I grew up with all that. But I will tell you that Face for me on the songwriting aspect was the only person because, I mean, I love Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis because of their feels and the things that they did. But I always wanted to know how this guy would was able to write the song where, where the again, it's always intriguing to me how he puts – the right notes on the right words. Oh, the right and lyric. It means everything to a song, dude. I don't care what you... People used to say, well, here, i got a poem. Can you make this into a song? It's not that simple. Unless you know how to physically put the right words on to the right note that people remember, it's not going to have the significance. He is a genius at figuring out the best way to do that to where... If you don't know the words, you just hum the melody and there may be three words, you know, and it's on those notes that he made sure he put there on purpose. That that that's the guy that if you ask me in my career that I, I kind of was being around him and working with him, I, that 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 was all struck for me. Face was like that for me, you know, what I'm saying, just as a as a you know songwriter, like I would study him and face and he was kind of like him and Stevie were my two, like when you talk about like putting, you know, the, the, the power of this melody, Stevie was just someone who the, his melodies were, would be mm-hmm. like very simple and you could just sing it. But the shit he playing under that shit. Yeah. 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 Nigga. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. you know, and, you know and, piano and, and, players and, and, could never agree. It's yeah, like, well, I, yeah. I think this is a F minor yeah, right. 13th. And you or know I why? Think, okay. Stevie don't know. He can't see the shit. <laughs> he don't know. Right. He don't know. He just feels. He yeah. just all feels. Feel. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Well, unpaid bill. What was the I, question? I think this episode officially tops the Huey Lewis episode <laughs> as the most educational. Wow. Educational. Yeah, this episode. is game. This is high level game right here, bro. This shit is. Hey, man, I feel like man. you know. As I, I did less talking. I did more listening. <laughs> Boys to Men should teach choral music at, at universities because clearly they need For a real. Gig. But you know what I'm saying? Like it would, I would, I would, at I least would a take special class, class at Catholic. Whatever, but, yeah. I mean, just guess. Yeah, y'all some need to start a Patreon. I, I, I put I mean, some on this shit. Hey, no, but seriously, they, they got wine, hey, so they good. Hey, hey, man. Um, thank you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for always being real. Always, thank you. Same. Every time we see you, man, it's always the same. It's like yeah. 
where we left off, man. Yeah. You know, you a real brother. You are really, really loved over here, man. And anytime you need us, you know what I'm, to do. And I'm know. telling you, I don't do much shit in Corona without getting paid, nigga. So you, you, you <laughs> mean something. Nathan Morris, ladies and gentlemen. Cheers. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, man. Like, this is, all, this is all Kappa. My guys love. We love. We love. That's or all I appreciate this is about. Thank you. I love you guys just as much, man. All right, well, guys, thank you. This I'm not blowing smoke. I this is this is this should have been Talk a masterclass. Number two, nigga, man, for real. fucking boys. To <laughs> this should have been a masterclass. Thank you very much. I appreciate this. On behalf, nah, man, for real. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for real. Y'all made every slow jam tape I ever made for a girl from like seven to eight. When? When? Yeah. Y'all made all fucking the real. <laughs> yes, when nah, I was having sex to music. Yeah. Yes, when we was having sex to music. <laughs> yeah. when we was having sex. Yeah. We wait, wait. I don't yeah. want to ask you. We used to call them butt tapes. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, be let's be real. Let's be real. That's what we call them. Of course it was. My crew would tell you we used to call Yo, we're the butt tape, cuz. <laughs> okay. I'm, wait. Ah. Okay. I promise no, you this no. is the last question. This is the last <laughs> question. Because you guys have kids now. Watching mm-hmm. your kids and seeing how Gen Z is. Do you have hope, musical hope for the future? And I'm not, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to make this a, a, not trying to a throw nobody on to like yeah, grumpy I'm, old guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, guys. And I'll, I'll speak because I guess my son that's involved in music right now is the oldest. Right. I do have a little hope. He grew up with us. He understands it. He shares it with his friends. He can see the difference. Now, mm-hmm. I was always concerned that most kids nowadays can't see the difference. I was also concerned that we would turn into our grandparents or our fathers like, oh, well, we don't like that. But right. there really is something to the music that we've done, because if you notice, the 90s and everything is starting to come back around it's because back. a lot of these kids just weren't exposed to it. Mm-hmm. I think the exposure is more important than anything. They will make the right decisions, but they mm-hmm. have to be exposed. I saw that, I, and to your point, Nate, I saw that a couple years ago when they had, um, it was on, it was a social media thing where they had the my the, the Running Man challenge or whatever, but everybody was dancing to My Boo by Ghost Town DJs. Oh, wow. And I saw like a bunch of kids. They're like, oh, what is this song? And like, that was one of the first times I saw a song from like 96. That song is from 96. Right. That yeah. shit reeked. Entered it went like number one again after like however like yeah. 20 plus fucking they just years. gotta be exposed, man. It's gotta be, gotta be exposed. It's, it's happening to Fleetwood Mac right now. Yeah, exactly. Is that Dream is now a top five song in 2020 on Bill? Like, Crazy. Crazy. I'm telling again. you, man. The melodies, man. It's, it's happening. Melodies. Well, gentlemen, I thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for doing nah, the show. Thank y'all, brothers, man. For real. This yeah. has been amazing. Thank you man. for like, your y'all... talent. Oh man, like just thank y'all for, for everything. Real. Thank you for the music for real. On behalf of uh, Sugar Love Steve by uh, Fonticolo and uh LA laser hair removal, formerly known as <laughs> Bill Acoustine. Formerly known as Unpaid Bill. All right, we'll see you on the next go round of Quest Love Supreme. I'm Quest Love signing off. I will see y'all next time. Thank you. Hey, this is Sugar Steve. Make sure you keep up with us on Instagram at QLS and let us know what you think. And who should be next to sit down with us? Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast.
Fresh Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.